This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast. Pat is back and we got a whole lot to chat about. Challen Rogers and the Toronto Rock are now the number one team in the East after a dominating performance over the Bandits. The Seals are the number one team overall after rolling over the Roughnecks. We got thumbs up, thumbs down, and a whole lot more on OTCB. I am an Good evening and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, alongside Pat Gregoire. My name is Teddy Jenner, and boy, have we got an absolute beauty for you tonight. Rogers now, he follows up and scores. What a start for the Rock, rolling in Hamilton. So he steps in and uncorks a cannonade from the outside. There are not many more dynamic players in the National Lacrosse League. He'll get it to Q. One on one against Tyson Bell. Heads to the crease. Oh, what a goal! What a goal by Andrew Q. Somebody call Sports Center because that is going to make the highlight reel tonight. Wow. Nice pass inside. Donville looks, scores! Great ball movement ends up with Donville's goal. The producer. Now a chance to work it, and there's a goal for Colorado! Two in a row for Eli McLaughlin. Lyle Thompson steps in. Rebound Cole. It's been his night. Have a night, Brian Cole. Five for 55. Mark Matthews to church wide open to the slot. Scores! And it's in the kids to bed. Robert Church wins it. It all. In tight, flips it for Doby. Doby! A hat trick at the shot clock expiration, and it's 14 to 8. Jones back to Reza Terrence. 8 to shoot. Reza Terrence fires, scores! Joe Reza Terrence, the overtime winner! Wins, 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 overtime! Joe Reza Terrence, the hero. Shocker, once again, the Philadelphia Wings knock off the Rochester Nighthawks in overtime. This time it was Joey Rez in Philadelphia, and the Wings stay alive as we continue the march to May. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast here on the Lacrosse Flash podcast network soundcloud apple music spotify wherever you get your music he's pat gregoire find him on twitter at p greggy i'm teddy jenner at teddy jenner the show at otcb underscore podcast or we're on the instas at otcb podcast what's up patty welcome back how the hell was texas texas was awesome it was a great great not full week, but definitely more than a weekend. It, w- it was awesome. Um, you know, we had our cool bet loyalty trip. So it was down with some awesome cool betters. Um, you know, had some of our staff down there, had a nice dinner with Taylor Pendrith uh, on Tuesday, yeah. got to follow him around to the course on Thursday, went to a Spurs game. What else did we do? I had to go home. Um, yeah, you did. Call, yeah, you had call, business to take care of. Call a damn, damn good lacrosse game if you were in Hamilton cheering for the rock. Not so much if you're a bandits fan, but from a broadcaster standpoint, it's still, even though it was a blow, it was a lot of fun to call, but the guys that were still on the trip, 
But to continue on, they went to Houston and saw both semifinal final four games. Right, of course. Sunday went back to the Valero, watched Canadian Corey Connors win that tournament. And then, oh, just casually on Monday, they decided to stop in Atlanta and rent a car and drive to Augusta to watch the Monday practice round. So No way. Driving the bitter bus this week a little bit. I know, <laughs> I, know I had to be home and 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 broadcast TSN, which I'm grateful for. But hey, Challenger would have filled in for you. Challenger would have filled in. Yeah, I hey, trust me, uh, it, that <laughs> crossed my mind. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it was it was wicked. Yeah, uh, shout out to Taylor Pendrith's agent who secured uh, them those tickets and. Uh, Hey, I got a hat out of it. So the guys hey, brought me home a hat. Thank, thank you. you. So um, good consolation. For someone that, like I, I've been to a couple golf tournaments. Um, you know, you, you got to walk. You know, maybe not inside the ropes, but you got to walk the ropes with some incredible golfers. It's a completely different experience to see those guys live and to watch it than it is on TV. It's it's unreal, man. It really is. I know. I know it's a pretty good TV sport because it bounces back and forth between like, if you're a true golf fan, like, you know, you get to see more when you're, you're sitting on your couch, but like to actually like follow a group. um, And I mean, our, our group, don't get me wrong. I mean, these guys are pros and it's not like they're like top 10, like, but it just goes to show you like these guys are, you know, in the hundred rain world ranking Mm -hmm. and they can still, mash the ball you just see <laughs> how talented there are and the room like the room for error between like it's really not that much of a difference between the best in the world and these guys it's just like the consistent execution yeah. that those guys are able to but the, like to see taylor um you know mash the ball off the tee like we 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 followed him in the afternoon but we also uh we had a couple of lounge passes so we were sitting in between like um, a par three, then there was a par four green, and then a par five T. So we got to see all, yeah, those all of it at ones. once. Yeah. It was a, those. So if anyone ever goes to like Canadian Open this summer or any sort, um, try to find the spots where you get to see multiple, multiple. Yeah. Um, shots at once because that that really and it doesn't hurt when the beer tent's not too far yeah, away either. Yeah, yeah, I, I did that when uh, the, uh, the Champions Tour came to Victoria at Bear Mountain and. We were sitting at the between um, 11, 12, and 13. There's just a big conglomeration of two greens and a tee box. And it's just, it's so Money. much fun when, when you can be around so much action and the buzz that happens, you know, when you're getting guys driving greens and shooting for hole in ones and things like that. It's just uh, an incredible atmosphere. But so is the atmosphere in the national lacrosse. As the march to May continues, it started strong, it continues to roll. Um, let's go through week 18, Patty. It all started Friday, New York at Georgia. And we asked the question last week on the show, can the swarm stay buzzing? And yes, they can with a 12, seven win. Uh, we'll just pile it all together. They get two games, two wins, 12, seven and 17, seven holding the Halifax Thunderbirds and the New York riptide to seven each while scoring 29 goals. Uh, we spoke with Dauber on Coast to Coast this week. This team 
despite their 0-7 start, is playing some of the best lacrosse out of anybody in the NLL. They're, what, 6-1 and one in their last seven. They're chasing down a playoff spot, maybe a wild card spot. But this is a team that has really turned it around. And every person on the planet, except for everyone in that locker room thought they were down and out after Owen seven, like everyone, everyone. And, and I said a, a bunch of times during that stretch, like this is a way better team. The wins are going to come. I think I said the wins are going to come like every single week after like week four for them. Yeah. But like once it got to seven and then it's like, well, you know what? This is a better team. It's just unfortunate. You know, they're, they're, they're I think they're just too de- like too far two down not going to be able to call themselves back well they've proved me wrong completely and they're right back in the mix of course it's gonna still take a lot of climbing a lot of luck uh, Mm -hmm. with some teams above them losing but if you told me this week they were going to give up 14 goals i would have said oh okay which game is it halifax who scores 14 on them or is it going to be new york no 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 they're going to give up 14 combined between the two game teams like that is just it's impressive. Dauber's been electric. He's been so good. The defense looks completely different. And now the offense is clicking like the offense that we're used to seeing. And I said it on coast to coast. Like Andrew Q with the quietest 90 mm-hmm. points I have ever seen. Why is nobody talking about the season he's having? He has been yeah. phenomenal, especially over this little run here. Uh Colorado gets a huge 11-9 win. Over Las Vegas, Ryan Lee chips in with a couple goals and a handful of assists. And, you know, in the first few weeks of him coming back, he just didn't look as confident and as comfortable. They're obviously the first few games back from major knee surgery. It's always going to take time. And you could notice that, you know, there were games where he was 0-7, 0-6, 0-8. Like his assist game was still there, but he just wasn't getting the goals. But now that he's starting to feel a little more confident, this is – a scary unit for Colorado who's sitting in fourth at seven and seven. Uh, They're playing with their own destiny in their hands, but this is a team that knows how to win, knows how to come back. And that was a big win for them at a very crucial moment. Huge, huge win. And for me though, like I, I think my approach with this team is I don't care how they get in. If they're in, who knows what can happen with this, with this team. We saw it last year. They just need to get in the dance. And Mm -hmm. I know, you know, they're sitting in a a good spot right now. Um, It could get slip away from them, but the the way that they have been playing, they haven't blown anyone. Like it's the play's not, you know, blowing me out of my seat, but they don't need to, they really don't. I don't think that's the team they are. And they proved it last year. Just get into the dance and this is a team that can go on a run again. I really think so. Um, but they got to get there first. Yeah. Uh, we're going to save Calgary, San Diego, Buffalo, Toronto for a little bit because we're going to dive deep into those games a bit. But Panther City uh, gets a huge win. They stay locked in third over Albany, 12-8. Uh, Saskatchewan almost blows it against Vancouver as Robert Church scores the game winner in overtime. That's a 12-11 win for the Rush. On Sunday, we talked about the Georgia win over Halifax and then Joey Rez with the winner in overtime to keep the Wings' hopes alive. And this Wings team is starting to put up some impressive wins, Patty. Again, they're, they're a team that you, you 
could have counted them out a few few weeks ago and and you know especially that loss against Halifax I think a lot of people are like okay well maybe they have a chance with a crossover but now losing the tie break to Halifax they've got some tough games against Rochester there's no way they can beat them again well they beat them in overtime and this this team here I said I said it a couple weeks ago like Mitch Jones completely changes the dynamic of that offense but let's not forget about Joe Rez and he scores that big big goal in overtime just proving once again just one of if not like the most underrated forward in the NLL like just year after year just putting up stupid numbers and finally last year he got like you know, some MVP love. Don't know if it's going to happen this year. Um, but again, there's no reason to to count this team out. If if they can get strong goaltending from Higgins and mm-hmm. capable defense, I have enough faith in the offense to put up enough goals to win some games. I really do believe if they're going to get into the postseason, Higgy's going to have to be consistent. If they're going to get in the postseason. Yes, yeah. if. Um, maybe conversely, Looking at this Rochester team, you know, they've lost three in a row now, including two overtime games to Philadelphia, but they've only got two games all season where the spread was more than five. Like they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, one goal games. So this team could be so much better. And yet conversely, having maybe an even worse record. Is there some concern you think with this Rochester team right now is they've got Albany, Georgia and Philly to end the season? Oh, I mean, I, I think they're, they've done enough strong work where, you know, I, I think that third place is going to be okay. Like I think a Toronto, a Toronto win this week. And, and I think some other thing or not this week, next week, um, it's all, but Buffalo and Toronto are going to have those two number, mm-hmm. number one and number two seeds locked up. It's just what place. So you're not getting home floor. For for me, I don't know if necessarily it's it's a concern because in the postseason, it's usually finding ways to win, and that's kind of what they've done. Sure, they've lost a couple close ones as well, but you know that they're always in games. For me, like if Thomas Hogarth, hopefully that was just a one-off. Um, I know he went to the IR. He screams like playoff lacrosse. If you have ever watched the Peterborough Lakers, um, he's usually perennial um, power for them in the postseason. That's another good thing that this team has. Yeah, Yeah, they haven't won in the NLL per se. There's a lot of guys that have won some big games uh, in summer ball. And I know that there's two different ball games, but they've won before. They have the confidence. They know what it takes. For me, though, it's Rylan Hartley. Like if Rylan Hartley can play like what we know he can, Mm -hmm this team could absolutely go on a run. If he's average to bad, I don't see this team winning a lot of games. I really don't. Uh, Speaking of goaltenders, we mentioned Brett Dobson a little bit earlier. Adam Levy put out a wild uh, tweet today that said, if Georgia makes the playoffs, you have to consider Dauber for rookie of the year. Do you think that has merit or do you think it's still Jonathan Donville, no matter what Dauber and this swarm team do? Ah, man. I mean, it would be really, really impressive, but I think that is a disservice to what we're seeing from Jonathan Donville this year. I really do. Maybe a finalist, but let's not forget like what we're seeing from Jack Hanna, Danny Logan, 
even Landon Kells, like the yeah. body of work for the full season from those guys, I think is more impressive. This stretch may be more impressive, but like, like Donville is on pace to tie Jeff Teat's record <laughs> for most assists in single season. We thought that was historic and we'd never yeah. see that again. He's going to, he, there's a good chance he might do it. Yeah. And so, I think he's leading the league in power play goals too, like, or like, power play assists. Sorry. It, it, this is producer Donnie's award to, to lose <laughs> at this point. Um, I love the creative creativity, uh, Adam, but maybe, 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 maybe instead of him winning, maybe it's, it's a finalist, but yeah. still, I think even his backs against the wall for finalists, because we have seen so many stellar rookies. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, the two games we haven't talked about Calgary in San Diego, where the Seals dominate 14-8, uh, the Rock roll over Buffalo 18-7 in a fight-filled, fight-filled game on bobblehead night for Billy Hostrauser. Very apropos. <laughs> but which dominated game was more of a surprise? Toronto walking all over Buffalo or San Diego all over Calgary? Oh, God. This is tough because I really wasn't expecting this from either. Let's start mm-hmm. with the game that I was closer to. Um I thought Toronto was going to win that game. I thought Toronto just based off what we've seen from Buffalo in the last few weeks, like I think there is a concern in bandit land right now. If guys aren't going to be healthy and ready for the postseason, they need their crashers and bangers. They need the guys that are going to go to the mill. They need the guys to free up space for Josh Byrne and Dane Smith. Yeah. They're, they're good enough where they're going to create their own offense by themselves but look what happened in the playoffs against Colorado. Like I think Colorado put this formula out where, you know, they have put the book on, on this offense. And yes, Dane Smith and Josh Byrne might get five or six, but they're not going to get 11 or they're mm-hmm. not going to get not. But when you have a Hogan Anico, when you have a chase Fraser, when you have who I think is the X factor of the, of it all. And it's not just because he played his minor cross in West Durham. Brandon Robinson. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brandon Robinson, this offense has not been the same since he's gone down. And yes, it's because he does all the dirty work. He frees up space for the lefties, picks up loose balls in the court, and he also scores some big goals for them too. I I just, for me, so with all that being said, the, the, the writing was on the wall. I think maybe not for this big of a blowout, but I had a feeling Toronto was going to win this game and that they were going to control the pace. On the flip side, though, everything was showing that Calgary was just this team that's a well-oiled machine. They're consistent. Yeah. You you expect every – we haven't really seen them kind of come out flat like that. Yeah. We haven't seen that. And especially with how they've played against San Diego this season, I think that was more surprising to me. Yeah, and I agree. And and much like Buffalo having injuries, Calgary's got some, some as well. You know, Mitch Wild didn't play. Jeff Cornwall didn't play. Uh, Tyler Pace didn't so there in some key pieces and I think the wild and oh and, and Tysers wasn't in the lineup so you know those are three guys in wild Tysers and Cornwall that really helped kickstart their transition game and Shane Simpson's right. been in and out of the lineup and so you know they, they they did come out flat and I think they got caught up in some of the the mind games and go try to play with teams and, and things like that and and they kind of lost their calm, which leads them to losing their composure. 
And when you get in those situations and you're more worried about the extracurriculars than you are about the actual game, you lose that focus. And I think San Diego, you know, really wanted to prove a point and, and really stick it to Calgary. Obviously, these two teams have a, a building rivalry uh, after sort of everything that's happened with, with guys leaving Calgary to go to San Diego. And, and they kind of – maybe it's it's an optic thing, but it seems like those guys kind of have taken on the, the identity of this San Diego team, whereas we always kind of looked at them as Calgary – roughnecks and so there's a lot of hatred between these two teams and from management to players and coaching staffs and it just led up to this anomaly and nobody saw a 14-8 game it's like nobody saw an 18-7 game but I think injuries were a big reason and I think Calgary just got caught up in all the madness and mayhem that was going on in that game and they just weren't focused so um, you kind of mentioned it on coast to coast it's probably a bit of a blip for the roughnecks but they've got to kind of get back on the horse they play panther city twice uh, including this weekend and what will most likely be a first round playoff matchup and they have to get be able to reset and refocus because yes they're in but they're also still trying to get first place if they drop two games to panther city they could lose home floor so uh, it's a big stretch coming up for Calgary. Maybe that's a good way to get the right now um, and just allow them to focus on what's coming up next. They don't have to worry about San Diego uh, maybe until the finals again. So it was uh, that was maybe, maybe the, the more shocking of the results. And it, I think it's, I think, and I totally agree. And I think you, you bring up a great point. And I think you, you, when you mentioned, you know, getting caught up in the emotion, getting, getting sucked into that style, like this is a young team. This is a team that, um, you know, has a lot of players that, you know, haven't had this experience at this, this level or have been in the situation where they are number ones or number twos on offense or being bigger contributors defensively, but they've played, like very composed. And that, that obviously has a lot to do with Kurt Miloski. Like they're a very well coached team. And I think that's kind of why we were surprised that it felt like it just wasn't that calm, cool and collected yet fiery group that were, we always, they're always fiery, but it seems mm-hmm. like it's controlled chaos where that wasn't the case. Um, that night. And I do truly believe that's a blip, but kind of going on what you're saying with Panther city. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome that we're going to see these teams play twice mm-hmm. before probably playing like temp temperature is going to be hot in those two games, but Calgary wants n- nothing, nothing to do with blowing home floor. Like with the way they've been drawing this year, with the way that they've been playing on a home floor, they desperately, desperately, desperately want that one and done against Panther city at home. They want nothing to do to go to Panther city and, what probably will be a sleepy building. Um, as of right now, the Bandits and Rock are in, the Seals and Roughnecks are in. The wild card is heating up. And I just quickly use Graham Perro's um, little program that he has over on NLLstats.com, the could happen tab. And I just said, what happens if Halifax, Philly, Georgia, Saskatchewan, and Colorado win out? And it's kind of hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
How can Halifax and Saskatchewan win out? That don't they play in a couple weeks? Uh, do they? Do they? Do they? I, I'm pretty do sure they? Halifax goes out. Uh, yeah, they do. Well, okay. Whatever. However, it works. There would be a tiebreaker <laughs> somewhere. There. Whatever. Okay. It, it's an option that I can do. I I don't I don't ask how. I just ask what if. So what <laughs> if? Um. Halifax would finish third. Philly would finish fourth. Rochester would miss the playoffs. What? Panther City would finish third, and Colorado would finish fourth. How? <laughs> I I don't ask how. I just tell you what could happen, Patty. Okay. Well, I, I once we're done this, I'm going over to NLL stats. I'm going to the could happen whatever okay here generator. here's what we'll do here's what I, I did this experiment with mitch belisle yes um uh, where's the clear reset all games okay so by the way by the way by the way by the way um if you haven't already nllstats.com graham yeah. perro does an unreal job not just this thing like this thing is bananas i, I don't even know how he did it, but like <laughs> historical stats game by yeah. game stat, like one thousand percent um if you haven't been to this website folks you got to get to it because it has been our Bible, um, yeah. you know, this this season. Okay, so there's 25 games left. We're going to go and pick out all the winners right now, and we're going to see how it how it plays out, okay? Okay, okay, let's do it. Saskatchewan at Georgia, who wins? Uh, let's say Georgia. Albany at Rochester. Let's go Roch. Uh, Roch- uh, Rochester. Oh, Rochester. Uh, Panther City at Calgary. You know what? To make it fun, let let's go Panther City. You love chaos. Vancouver at Colorado. Let's go Colorado. San Diego at Vegas. Mm, let's go with San Diego. Vegas at Calgary. Let's go Calgary. San Diego at Colorado. Let's let's go Colorado for argument's sake. Philadelphia at Toronto. Let's go Toronto. Georgia at Albany. We'll go with Georgia. Buffalo hosting New York. Let's go with Buffalo. Halifax at Saskatchewan. Ooh, this one's tough. Uh, I want to keep my job. Let's go Halifax. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Panther City at Vancouver. Uh, Let's go Panther City. Love it. Uh, Calgary at Panther City. I said Panther City would win in Calgary, so we got to give Calgary a bone. Let's go Calgary in with a win at Panther City. New York at Halifax. Let's go Halifax. Georgia at Rochester. Ooh, this one's tough. <laughs> Look, let's go Georgia. Let's keep the uh, hot hand. Let's, let's say that. chaos going. Uh, yeah. Toronto-Buffalo. In Buffalo. In Buffalo. Are those guys healthy enough by then? Let's go Toronto. Uh, Colorado at Saskatchewan. Let's go Saskatchewan. Vegas at San Diego. San Diego. Philly at Albany. Philly. Halifax at Georgia. I'd say Halifax gets some you revenge. You really here want and, your job. And <laughs> Philadelphia at Rochester. Uh, let's... Say Rochester, they finally figure out and beat and beat Philadelphia. Buffalo at Albany. Buffalo. Colorado at San Diego. San Diego. New York at Vancouver. Uh, let's go New York. Saskatchewan at Vegas. 
Let's go Vegas. They they close up the season with a win in front of their All fans. Right, so that's the final game of the year. Oh, nothing changed. Uh, Toronto, Buffalo, <laughs> Rochester, Halifax are your top four. San Diego, Calgary, Panther City, Colorado are the top four. So I thought I was creating some chaos there. God damn it. didn't create any chaos at all. But again, NLLstats.com. Hit that could happen tab. You literally, you can pick every single game. You can pick teams to win all, lose all, whatever you want to do. Um, it's a fun little experiment that you can have uh, and, you know, create some chaos and, and see what happens. So uh, Graham Perro, unbelievable job. Um, but as it stands right now, as we mentioned, Toronto's in. Um, they can clinch a home quarterfinal game with a Rochester loss at Albany. Was playoff earth. Number seed in the West with a win at Las Vegas and a Calgary loss to Panther City. They can clinch a home game with a win at Vegas or a Colorado loss to Vancouver. Calgary is in. They can clinch a home playoff game with a win versus Panther City and either a Colorado loss to Vancouver or a San Diego win at Vegas. And speaking of Vegas, they will be eliminated from playoff contention with a loss versus San Diego and a Colorado win against Vancouver and a Saskatchewan win at Georgia. So there are um, some scenarios alive for Vegas to stay alive uh, if they can find a win or get some help around the league. Time now for thumbs up, thumbs down. Patty, back on the horse. Let's go. So for my thumbs up, uh, and this was going to possibly be my uh, hot take, my burning take for Coast to Coast this week. So um, a few months, 12 months, a year to be exact, I said that Latrell Harris will not win the Transition Player of the Year this year. So 2022. I was having a great run there, just not enough, not a full body work. But I believe that he's going to win transition player next year. Well, mm-hmm. fast forward 12 months. Again, I don't know if he's going to win transition player of the year this year. So I'm putting it another year notice. I think it's going to be Zach Courier to win transition player this year, but next year, not moving it another year forward. Latrell Harris will win transition player there. What we're seeing from Latrell Harris over the last five, six games, which with Mitch Desnew out and Challen Rogers was out for a bit. Challen Rogers playing offense. He has taken his transition game to another level. He's also staying and playing. He's also like night in night out playing the top forward or one of the top forwards of each offensive unit. He was bouncing back between Dane Smith and Josh Byrne, and he was going Mm -hmm. on his wrong side. Um, And and I know it doesn't make a ton of a difference, but when you're going up against an elite talent, you need all the advantage as possible. He was unreal. And I think we're now seeing the full game of Latrell Harris come together at the start of the year. Yeah. The points were coming, but he still was like a stellar, stellar stay at home. D guy was going up against all the top guys and really just, just playing steady, steady defense. Now he's getting the opportunities in transition. He's finishing scoring beautiful goals at that. Um, We are seeing, a star born like we always knew he's going to be good but like the the i I don't even know where the ceiling is for this guy 
uh, I know that there is a transition player of the year at some point in this guy's future. And I think it's coming next year. Uh, I, I love it. Latrell Harris is one of my favorite players to watch. He, he just, he works hard and he never takes shift off. He's finding a bit of a scoring touch in transition. He's getting top matchups. Um, he, he works his ass off. And it's just an incredible thing to see with, as much defensive talent as they have on that team, the fact that kind of Latrell Harris kind of gets overlooked. Uh, I what he's done in his body of work this year has to be putting the NLL on notice that he is one of the top two-way guys in the NLL. Uh, my thumbs up this week. I was going to talk about the Swarm being six and seven, but I'm going to go a bit of a different route with the Swarm, and that's just seeing Craig Wendy back between the pipes this weekend. Yeah. Um, he, he comes in and plays the last five and a half, six minutes in that game once it was kind of out of control. But I, I think it was a great job by Ed Camo to give him that moment. Um, obviously, losing his daughter, Avery, I believe his father passed away or his grandfather passed away shortly thereafter. It's been an emotional time for the Wendy family. And we all know um, the goal for Avery uh, movement that was started uh, by young Caroline Appleman down there in Georgia, the 11-year-old girl who has done an excellent job just helping to raise money for the Wendy family. Uh, but just to see Craig back out there in a place that he feels happy and the medicine that he bought, just an incredible feeling. Uh, and I, I know all of us wishes they could give hugs to that entire family uh, and send our warmest wishes and thoughts and prayers to everybody around that family. But it was just such an incredible emotional moment to see him back on the floor between the pipes uh, and playing for his young daughter. Um, just an incredible, incredible moment. So my thumbs up to Craig Wendy being back and having the strength to get back out on the floor and playing for his daughter and playing for his loved ones. Just such an incredible moment. I, I love I love that Teddy. I, uh, you know, couldn't set it my better better myself. I think it just goes to show, um, you know, the the love, the the how close the lacrosse community is to to take such a tragic um, moment in someone's life and to turn it into a good thing with this campaign and um, and just to seeing all the love and support that he's getting through such a difficult time. Uh, it really is truly amazing to see. And you could tell like the guys are also playing for him. They're playing for something more than just, you know, trying to get into the postseason. They're battling and they're playing for Craig uh, and they're playing for his family and his loved ones. Um, so we are going to be uh, matching the donations um that carolina has found out so we'll we'll update that next week but just an incredible initiative uh and i know we could all you know do a little bit to help the wendy family uh thumbs down um mine's a bit tongue-in-cheek all of opening issue about two months <laughs> three months ago um we all thought they were gonna have to make a move with a deadline we all thought they were never going to be able to continue this run They've lost three games all season by a combined 10 goals. And one of those was an overtime loss to Buffalo. The work that Frank Chiliano and young Chris Riglieri have done this year, despite all of us saying that they need to do something, has been remarkable. O'Rig's got a 10.26 and a 77.4 save percentage. Frankie's a little higher at 11.53 and 75.7, but still doing everything they can to help their team win games. And maybe this is a team that realizes that, you know what? 
We're going to have to win 15, 14 games, 12, 10 games, those tight games that are going to be high scoring. And I think they're okay with that. Obviously, they're going to need to find some consistency down the stretch. But I also don't hate the idea that they're going to use this platoon system of goaltenders. It seems to be working for them, whether it's one game here, one game there, whether it's pulling a guy after four or five goals early or four or five goals late just to secure a victory. Pat Merrill knows what he's doing, and he has confidence in both his goaltenders. So let's stop putting the doubt train on these two goaltenders, and let's just watch them hone their craft and be the best they can be because, again, they're the number one team in the NLL right now, and for most of the season, we all thought they had a goaltending issue, and it's not that case. Sure, we're not at the playoffs yet. Sure, they still have to get to the finals and all that stuff. But O'Reg and Sigs are a great one 2 tandem, and I think the San Diego Seals are happy with where they're at in between the pipes. Again, uh, just you are in your bag, Teddy. I totally agree with this one. I was one of the haters. I was mm-hmm. one of the the ones that said that they needed to get better goaltending. And then I, I think over the last couple, few weeks, I, you know, it kind of just clicked to me. And I don't know if it was on this show. I don't know if it was just you and I chatting or on coast to coast. It was like, look at their record. They're not like they don't care. Like they're, they're doing just enough that they're going fi- to like figure it out. They're in first place. This is not anything they are worried about. And no. sure enough, now the goaltending has been good enough and it's starting to get better, obviously much better. And at the end of the day, as long as they collect those wins and, and get a championship, who cares who's stopping the ball? I know they have faith in both those guys and, and, the way the offense is playing, really, goaltending doesn't have to be out of this world. Uh, what's your thumbs down, my man? So my thumbs down. I was going to, I was going to say, no Sunday lacrosse, but it's the Masters. We can't have Sunday <laughs> lacrosse every single week. I get it. Um, but for me, I, I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay, I'll just say it. I'll just, just say do it, it, Patty. That's the whole point. Just give her. This might be a hypothetical thumbs down. Um, we cannot have, and maybe this is a challenge. We cannot have an NLL playoff game if in Panther City if we're going to have crowds like that. Watching time and time again, man, like. If, if Panther City finds a way to, to catch Calgary or if Panther City beats Calgary and goes to the West, like Panther City, man, Fort Worth, show up, support yeah. this team. What we're seeing from this young team is so special. And night in, night out, we just see a litter of gray seats. And it is so sad. And it's going to be friggin' embarrassing if there is a game on ESPN or on TSN and it's dressed like a seat night that cannot happen it can't happen you go last week in hamilton twelve thousand fans in that building screaming going nuts throwing beers on the floor yeah maybe we don't need that but they're (laughs) passionate the numbers that we've seen in buffalo and in calgary the numbers that continue to grow in halifax 
it just it, it can't Philadelphia like sure they're not near the top of the of of attendance but it's solid and it's mm-hmm. consistent and that passionate fan base shows up night in night out where is that in Panther City I know that's not going to come overnight but it needs to be better the community has to show up for this team in the postseason because it is going to be so embarrassing if it comes on national TV and there is nobody in that building. Yeah, it's just, you know, I, I don't think the last few weeks having um, the big name colleges in big games and having, you know, the NCAA Final Four in Houston and the semifinals down there and all that stuff, that can't help. But you still have to find a way to get people in those seats. It, this is a winning team. Like, it, it blows my mind that we continually look at their game reports and to see their numbers and then scratch our head and say, really, there was that many people there. And you're right. I don't know how long this can last. I don't know what the talks are at the league level with, with what the the options could be, but I don't think the league can continue down this road. uh, If they have a winning team, that's going to be, like you said, hosting playoff games or making championship runs when nobody's there. And who knows, maybe year three, is the year the fans start to come out because oftentimes there's a bit of a dip in year two, but the dip from year one to year two has been quite egregious. And I just don't know if there's a hope for year three, but I know that Greg Bibb and Andy Esworthy and and Bob Hamley and Tracy Kluski and all those guys are doing everything they can to sell the NLL down there in Texas. But maybe it's just proven the point that the NLL isn't made for the Lone Star State. We all hope that it would be. And that it will be, but maybe it's just the the proof that they're not quite there yet. So prove um, me wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong for it. Prove me wrong. Because again, it's not gonna happen overnight. And we we know that, but it's it's the playoffs. You're a proud bunch, you're proud to be Texan, you're proud to be from Port Fort Worth. Show it, show up to that arena. Be loud, be proud, and I'm not expecting I'm not expecting Dickie's Arena to be sold out. Like I'm not stupid, I'm not uh, real uh, unrealistic, but a nice, solid, passionate crowd cheering for that awesome team um, in that beautiful building would be such a shame if that didn't happen. And we're on the national stage, and you just see a sea of gray. It would really suck. Um. You know, conversely, the Toronto Rock, a team that has been in the National Cross League since the late 90s um, and have been in Hamilton for the past couple of years, had their biggest crowd in Hamilton um, since moving there. And the biggest crowd the Rock have had in a decade, which just kind of blows your mind a little bit. But that's just selling the game. Yes, it's a Toronto Buffalo game. It's in the hotbed of, of lacrosse. But still, they're continuing to break records and, and set benchmarks. And we got to find a way to get that benchmark to Panther City. But in the meantime, Sean Rogers and the Toronto Rock need one more win to secure a home playoff game. They've got to buy this week. So a lot going on. The Masters are happening. Sean Rogers is excited for his boy, Scotty Scheffler. But he's even more excited to continue this path for a team that is destined for greatness. Alan Rogers, the captain of the rock, joins Pat and I right here on the Off the Crossbar podcast. Joined now by the captain of the Toronto Rock, Challen Rogers, coming off a massive win 
against the Buffalo Bandits. I want to ask you right out of the gate, was that the most flawless guys game you guys have played this year? Because it seemed like from the opening whistle, you guys didn't miss a beat. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. I think uh, throughout the year, it gives you a good chance to, um, you know, work on things that you need to get better at. And, and like you said, that was that was definitely the best performance that we've been able to uh, string together. What's it been like around around this group right now? Is is you starting to put this run together? Because you guys can obviously see what's ahead of you, and that's you know home floor throughout the East and possibly home floor throughout the playoffs, and everyone's you know championship or bust. But what's it like in that locker room right now for you guys on this bit of a run? Um, we're a confident group. Um, you know, going in every game, we believe in our game plan and what we're capable of. And um, you know, with with everything kind of coming down done to the end here it's just gives us more opportunity to get better um all over the floor uh coming off obviously one of our better games um going into a bye week just gives us chance to improve and um you know that's what we're ultimately trying to do so we're peaking at the right time what were you guys able to do to shut down that that buffalo offense i know they're they're still missing a couple of key secondary scoring pieces but you know for the most part you guys did a really good job keeping Byrne and Smith at bay. Yeah, you know, I think it I think it just comes down to Brucey and his message to our defensive group and of course Maddie. Um but yeah, he, he gives us the, the best game plan possible, especially with guys like Josh and Dan. You know they're gonna get their goals and um, you know, they're great players and it's it's a full team effort, you know. It's putting Latrell on a guy like Josh and, and, uh, you know, letting him go to work or, or crazy or, or guys like that. But, um, you know, they're going to get beat at times and, and, you know, the buff guys are going to make plays. So it, it was, it was really just great to watch our entire defensive group. And of course, Rosie, um, just play and, and play so confidently and, and have the result as well. Well, you no, mentioned, I don't think, yeah, go ahead, Pat. You're going same spot. I am. You mentioned Rose, like it, it seems like this guy just year after year goes under the radar and doesn't get the respect he deserves. I, like this has to be the best you've seen him play since becoming one of his teammates, right? Like he, he's on another planet right now. He really is. Um, you know, it's, it's just great. It's great to see, you know, he, he gets bashed at times from, you know, around the league and, and, you know, people um, outside factors, I guess, but, you know, we have the most confidence in Rosie and, and you see what he's done this year. He's, he's made saves that, you know, obviously it's supposed to, but he's making some remarkable saves where he has absolutely no chance. And, um, you know, he's keeping it out somehow. So it's just great to see him have the success he has. And, um, you know, uh, his drive is is ultimately what helps us in, in our drive to get to where we want to get to. And, um, you know, he is the backbone of that, our team and, and our defense. It was funny listening to that uh, mic'd up that they had with him uh, a couple weeks ago on social media. Is he always just kind of chirping guys and saying, you know, not today when he saves you and things like that? Is he a bit of a character on the floor? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I get it all the time for not giving him warm-up shots at practice or games, just kind of firing away, and, and he doesn't like that too much. But, yeah, he's, he's very vocal, and, um, you know, he's, He's usually chirping Mitch for shooting too hard in practice or, or things like that. But he likes to keep it light. And, uh, you know, it, it's good for all of us. Have you had a chance to check out his card collection? Um, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, when I was living with him, I, I saw the cards and 
um, you know, the, the work he actually puts in to, you know, organize them and get them graded and that whole process. But his collection's pretty, pretty massive. And, um, you know, he's, he's helped me start mine. So I got oh, yeah? for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. What's, your, what's your rare, rare card? What's, what's your best um, collection? You know, to be honest, I don't. I just get all his doubles, so I don't even know if he's not. <laughs> another man's garbage is uh, another man's yeah. treasure. That, yeah, that's yeah I'll start with that. You never know. <laughs> you, you mentioned you're, you're not living with Rosie anymore. You've retired from the rock pile. Uh, do you still make an appearance over for, for Rosie's dinner or a card night or anything like that? Or are you sticking far away since, since you removed yourself from there? No, I, I go there usually once a week, um, you know, just hanging out with the guys has been part of my life, I feel like, since day one. So, um, yeah, I definitely make trips over there. I was there watching the uh, the national championship basketball game. Um, usually when there's some big sports game, I head over there and we watch it together. But, yeah, I've definitely made a few appearances talking about that i know i know it's it's always you know poke fun at just because it's a bunch of dudes just hanging out living in that house but how much did that help you and even some of the other guys that are there you know get acclimatized to being a pro uh especially for for you and and mans and and jay guys that are from out of town uh coming into toronto and and kind of having that sense of brotherhood right away yeah, uh, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, I think the transition um, from obviously playing college across to the NLL or, or junior, anything you want to say there, it's um, having that group of, of guys that have been on the team, obviously. And, and um, you know, I'll say Rosie was one of the biggest, biggest influences on me when I first got here. Um, you know, him and Brad were our first roommates uh, alongside Jordan Magnuson. But, um, yeah, he he showed me the way and, and what it was like to be a pro and, and the things you need to do off the floor um, to have that success. But, but yeah, living with the guys, you know, it just, it adds to the chemistry on the floor and, mm-hmm. um, you know, being that from out of town, not having family or a ton of friends in the Ontario area, it's, it kind of gives you that you know, automatic friend or automatic brother that you get to hang out with. And, um, you know, during COVID it, it gave us a chance. I mean, a lot of things were happening out in the world, but with us, it was really just, you know, six or seven of us, we'd go outside. It, was, it wasn't as bad as other people may have experienced. We were kind of able to be together a lot of the time and, and spend time together. But yeah, it, it was great. Um, big transition. Uh, it helped me in that transition. Sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's been great, or it was great living with those guys for sure. Um. Patty said this week on Coast to Coast that uh, you're the best all-round player in the National Cross League. And having that brotherhood and that bond of living in the rock pile and having the track just steps away from where you are to be able to go and work out and, and watch film, etc. What types of things do you do that allows you to be so successful on both sides of the floor? Um, I, you know, I think you honestly you nailed it there. Um, you know, having the track, it's just a cheat code to be honest with you you can go out on the floor get your reps um whenever you want you can go up to the gym and and work out whenever you want you can watch film um with guys on your team and and discuss things that you guys see um but yeah it's having the track is a major major thing for me and one thing i I, to be honest i when i'm coaching or teaching kids things it it helps me as well just kind of go back to the fundamentals and 
and what I'm trying to teach them are things that, you know, I need to be um, really good at playing at the pro game. So, um, you know, I, th I think it's a bunch of things, but um, definitely having the track and be being able to give back is, is definitely something that I think helps. Do you teach them to run on the wrong side of the floor, switch hands and shoot a lefty rip like Tom Schreiber? <laughs> we haven't got quite there yet. I'm still working on that. <laughs> it's got to be pretty amazing to to see a guy that didn't have any box experience to come in and, and have the success right away, but even more so to take his game to a completely different level. Yeah. 100%. Um, you know, we, we joined the Rock at the same time, so I've been lucky enough to watch him, um, you know, from his day one box experience to where he's at now. And the things he's doing now are things that, you you know, he probably never would have thought of himself doing. And, um, you know, he's just going to use this as an example, but in our last game, he made a, you know, around-the-world pass to me, reverse backhand, as we'd call it out west. I'm standing there on the wrong side of the crease, not really expecting, but it's Tom and you know that he's going to get you the ball if he can. And just things that he's able to do is shot or things that, you know, guys are trying to do, but, you know, just won't have the success that he has, but he puts in so much work and, um, <clears throat> you know, takes a lot of pride in his game and, and he wants to be the best. And, you know, that pushes all of us. How huge have the additions of Stephen Keogh and, and Corey Small been to this team? massive um you know i'll start with keo but just a vocal leader and you know he's willing to do the the dirty things the little things that um you know help his team have success and you know that's that's a major thing with us and um you know i don't know how many points or whatever he got last game but he was doing everything to get his teammates open and and make them have success so just a super unselfish guy and uh you know a huge asset for us and then move over to the left side with Corey bang bang um which I don't know I don't know how much he likes that nickname but we love calling bang bang and, um but you know just a pure goal scorer and um it's from day one when I was able to meet him and we were kind of doing our captain's runs um just watching him shoot the ball and and what he does to, to our goalies and what he does to goalies around this league um you know just a pure goal scorer and an absolute beauty and uh, just a great asset to, to help our left side and that lead uh, that veteran leadership that um, you know we need and uh, he, he's been a great great addition to, to the rock maybe the stupid question of the week if Corbeil and Desnew finally get healthy and are ready for the playoffs how good will this D unit be <laughs> uh, it's just going to get one, one step better um, you know Corb's veteran leader he's he's a winner uh, you know, he's been through it all. And, and then you look at Mitch, just, uh, he's, he's a man and the way he's played this year, just, he didn't think he'd get any better from his last year's performance, but, um, you know, while he was playing before he got hurt, he, he was potting, you know, two, three goals a game and was, was shooting like 90%. So, um, he's been a great addition or sorry, he's been great for us. And, um, you know, we're just excited to have them healthy and, and join our DN. Did you think that, I mean, I don't know if anyone could have predicted how good he was over the last, you know, year and a half, but you had an opportunity to play with him a little bit in Oakville and that kind of was maybe not the, as big of numbers, but that was kind of more of the player we saw with Oakville. It kind of had like Matt Sawyer kind of give him the green light. Was that kind of what you guys expected the player he could be with you guys? 
Absolutely. Um, with, with Oakville, I, that's one side of his game that I saw a lot of when we were playing with Oakville's transition game and his ability to shoot. And, and uh, you know, I don't think with Buffalo or in the NLL, he was really given the opportunity, like you said, that green light to, to go and shoot and stay in play. And, and um, you know, he has free range to go out there and, and take his shots that he thinks are good ones. Um, you know, I think that's one thing our coaching staff does a great job of. They don't hold us back. Um, you know, they let us go and they let us take opportunities that we see fit. And, um, you know, with confidence coming from our coaches down to, to all of us, it, it, it certainly helps. But, um, yeah, watching Mitch in Oakville, and that's kind of the player we all thought he could be. And, and uh, you know, it's just nice to see it, um, you know, transpire. When you look at the names in Toronto Rock history that have worn the sea, and you put your name in that list. How crazy is it to think that a kid from Coquitlam who grew up probably watching The Rock with the Stroopies and the Gills and the Doyles and the Veltmans and the Whipper Watsons, to know that you're in that category, how special is the moment for you? Yeah, it's, it's just an honor to wear the C. Um, you know, when I was first asked to be the captain of this team, it's, it caught me off guard because I truly wasn't expecting it, but... Um, you know, after a few years now and, and, you know, just, it's an honor and it always will be every time I put the Jersey on, um, like you said, you know, you have, you have Feldman and, and Colin Doyle, who's a, who's a guy that I've been able to work alongside with at the track and, um, get to know him on a personal level. And he's helped me a lot with questions that I've may have had, um, in the past and, and right now just kind of breaking down our team and things that he sees and, um, you know, he's definitely, he lends a hand to me whenever I need it. And, um, but yeah, to wear the C for such a storied franchise is, is an honor and, and it always will be. You stand with Archers. Uh, you can do a little PLL action, but do you still have the desire or is the desire there to go back home to Coquitlam and maybe win a man cup there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it kind of goes back to watching Colin play um, back in Coquillum when, when he was on the senior Adnax and the senior Adnax for me when I was younger was, was everything um, going there, you know, Saturday nights at the palace and watching, watching them play is funny. I just, I remember just kind of being on the glass with Westberg and, and watching Bruce Murray and Pat Coyle, just two hand guys. And just like, how do they get away with this? I, w- um, I was one of those people they were two-handing it was not fun yeah. it was not not fun, fun at all no uh, I couldn't no. imagine couldn't imagine back then but yeah watch watching the watching them play and um it, it's always been a, a goal of mine to to be a Coquillum senior adnac and uh you know hopefully at one point that, that I'll be able to do that kind of dial it into the the end of the season here you guys obviously have the bye week this week recharge the batteries but you know two huge games coming up um obviously you have philadelphia first how do you not allow that to be a look ahead game and that's something maybe the question should be how you shouldn't but how have you guys been able to avoid those look ads because multiple times this year I've, I've had conversations with with matt sawyer before a game and it looks like on paper it's a look ahead game but you guys have found ways to focus and go game by game and not allow maybe a bigger game that's on the schedule come up and, and distract you from the task at hand 
Yeah, um, you know, it, it's hard to find wins in this league. So I think if you go in there with the mindset of, you know, looking past your opponent and not respecting what they're able to do, it it puts you at a disadvantage. And, and that's one thing that I think that we've always tried to do this season, especially just going into every uh, every game, not um, not worrying about really our opponent, respecting them and respecting what they're able to do, but worrying about ourselves and trying to get better and, and be at our best. Um but yeah, uh, you know, we're playing a Philly team that's coming in and they're fighting for their playoff uh, life right now. So um, obviously that's that's a big game for them. And if we don't show up, then, you know, it's you could be on the losing end of, you know, maybe an embarrassing loss. So just kind of taking it game by game. And ultimately, it's we're going to need to win games, um, you know. So uh, our mindset just going into every game is just to compete at our level and, and just see if the other team can can handle it. The bye weekend probably couldn't come at a better time since it is the Masters weekend. Um, your boy Scotty Scheffler is plus 775 thanks to our friends at Coolbed. Are you going to do a little sprinkling on your boy Scotty? Yeah, I might have to. Um, you know, I love Scotty Scheffler. There's a few out there that I'm big fans of. Um, but yeah, Scott, just watching him play, and he's just so calm, cool, and collected. Yeah, I, I got you. I, uh, I, I got to ask, because I, I listen to the pod all the time, and I know you're a big Netflix guy. Did you watch Full Swing yet? <laughs> yes, I have. I, I That didn't last the day. When it came <laughs> out, I crushed that really fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I crushed I crushed it on the way home from a flight from Europe, so that didn't last at all. But on the topic, humble, humble brag, humble yeah, brag. A little humble not brag a big there. <laughs> not a big deal. Um, on that topic of a podcast, you are now the co-host of that podcast with uh, with Hammer. Uh, how how do you like doing doing the podcast? It seems like you 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 guys really enjoy doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. Um, it's definitely something you know. I think kind of in the past I never really thought of doing and and you know I just kind of jokingly said it to, to Hammer one time and he's like you know what that's a great idea you should do that then just a little <laughs> hiatus after that thought came out and then uh, yeah jumped on but it's it's fun it's super cool and um you know I just kind of wanted to come on and and try to give the fans of, of our team you know maybe a different side of the players that we're interviewing um but yeah I need to get better at some questioning I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> Here's a tip. Come before the podcast with the questions. Don't yeah. write them while the interview is going on. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a smart idea. <laughs> uh, Chad, man, this has been awesome. Always a, a real treat catch up with you chatting. Enjoy the bye weekend. Rest up. And best luck for the rest of the season, man. The, the Rock are rolling and first place in the East right now. And hopefully you guys can stay there. Thanks very much. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Loved it. All right, there's Challen Rogers, and I, I love him just talking about how living in that rock pile really helped him and being around those guys. And I never even thought about, you know, those six or seven guys just being around each other for all of COVID, not being able to really leave the compound, but the fact that of everything they had, they could still kind of keep their health me mentally. Um, and then you add in the track and you add in all the things that he's doing to help make him one of the best players in the world. Um, I, I would, you go around the league and you look at Buffalo, all those guys that are living in market and the connection, all those guys have um, and how strong of a bond that builds for teams. I, I really hope we get to a point where 
more guys are in market so they can build those relationships and those bonds and that connection. But the Rock have, have done a really good job of it over the past few years, especially with those Western guys that are moving uh, out East. Yeah. It, I mean, you could just tell being around the team, like the, the, the guys that are in the rock pile, but the guys that have lived there, the guys that are working at the track that are around. Um, and it's, I'm not saying like there's like clicks or, you know, the different little groupings, but you could tell, like, they just, they just have a, a special bond. You see it mm-hmm. on social media, but you see it when you're around. Um, and I think it's such a massive advantage having the track there for practices, oh, yeah. but, but even just the fact that you could just, you know, you're doing camps and you're helping out uh, track athletics, but may, maybe you stay around for an hour after and you're taking shots on that. Yeah. And, and like that's it, just this, like, who has that ability to just wake up one day, go over, watch some film, get a lift in, and then actually like work on your game on the floor. Yeah. You know exactly. I mean? like, sure. Guys can go to a box here and there, but you're not, generally on turf you don't usually have a goaltender these guys have it all right there in their backyard it's just such a such a bonus for those guys Mm -hmm. so um like i said toronto's got this week off uh, and then they got philadelphia then they got buffalo again and then they have another week off so it's kind of a weird end to their schedule maybe it's a good thing maybe it's a bad thing but you know we asked them how do you not look ahead to buffalo in three weeks like that that game is going to mean so much in that Eastern conference. Oh yeah, it really is. And, but they, you know, I said it, Calvin said they've done a really good job yeah. avoiding those trap games or the look ahead games. And he said it like, let's be honest, man, this is a huge game for Philadelphia too. Mm-hmm. They're battling for the playoff lives. I'd be curious though. I think, you know, if it wasn't for a decent amount of injuries and guys banged up, they probably would, you would think you would probably want to rather not have, by week game oh, by yeah. week you want to roll right into playoffs but the fact that there's a few key guys out with injuries and banged up they're probably not necessarily upset that there's a couple of buys because last time i talked um to matt so the plan the hopeful plan was to have mitch disnew and chris corbeal at least getting in one more game before the postseason starts especially chris corbeal they really did not want to have to just throw him in his first game as a Toronto Rock in the postseason. Um, before we get to this weekend's game, um, I think this kind this news kind of went under the radar a bit. And I mentioned it in one of our chat groups, but I don't think anybody actually commented on it. It's been that under the radar. The Philadelphia Wings signing Brock Sorensen to the roster and putting him on the evaluation list. And speaking with Paul Day this week, he thinks that Brock Sorensen is going to be in their lineup. Like that is a huge boost for this team to get a guy of his size, a guy of his pedigree, championship experience, leadership. That's a huge boost for this Philadelphia Wings team as they make this push. Oh man, it it really is. And and again, it's another Peterborough guy, a guy that has familiarity with with Paul Day, with with this team. So yeah, sure. Like adding a guy that really hasn't played all that much near the end of the season is not normally ideal um but when it's a a stud like brock Sorensen, and i know we haven't seen him in a long time but we know he's in tremendous shape we know he's a special talent and the fact that that he's going to be insulated in a team with with a lot of familiar faces like yeah. that's basically you know a a, a trade deadline acquisition mm-hmm. like that is massive for them uh, so this weekend, five games on the docket, not very busy, all five games on Saturday as well. So get all your 
devices charged. First game, Albany at Rochester. Rochester can almost pretty much punch their ticket to their playoff with a win, but they can't look past this Albany team who continues to give teams fits. But, you know, this should be a game that Rochester can break their streak, get some confidence again, moving into the final weekend of the playoffs. Saskatchewan at Georgia, both teams trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, I think Evan Evan Schemenauer said in, in our chat that Saskatchewan had never won in Georgia. Then Cody Jansen realized that they had actually won once in Georgia. But that is a long travel. That is a tough road trip. And now you're going up against a Georgia team that's playing their best lacrosse. This is going to be a sneaky good game. It's going to be more than I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it was it was my vote for um, lax flash game of the week. Did it end up being the game of the week? Uh, I don't know. Or, did, or was it Colorado Pan- Panther City? Well, anyways, I just look at it. And I already mentioned it. I think it was earlier, and I also mentioned it on Coast to Coast. Like the fact that it's two teams, East versus West, uh, battling for playoff life, but also because of the the wild card crossover possibility, yeah. they're also potentially battling for that playoff spot against themselves. So, um, or against each other. So, yeah, this game, like for me. Uh, it's a team like Georgia that's heating up at the right time, whereas Saskatchewan, a team that went through a skid, but now is this them on the climb? Are they? Is this going to be the Saskatchewan team that we thought we maybe were seeing at the start of the year? It is indeed with 42% of the vote, the last flash game of the week, Rush and Swarm. Panther City at Calgary, we talked about it. Like These guys are going to play each other again on April 21st. They they played three games – or. The, They both have three games left. Two of them are against each other. It's definitely most likely going to be a first-round playoff matchup. It could essentially be a battle for second place in the West. This is going to be a heck of a game. Tracy Kluski versus Kurt Miloski. Christian Del Bianco versus Nick Damood. Jesse King versus Jonathan Donville. and, And the likes of Tyler Pace and Will Malcolm and Callum Crawford. Like This is going to be one heck of a lacrosse game in Calgary. Battle of the cow towns, the rodeo battle, whatever you want to call it. Like there, <laughs> there is a rivalry brewing between these mm-hmm. teams. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great lacrosse game. I, I, I mentioned it already. And I think that, that the fact that we're getting two games before the likely matchup of the postseason is only going to heat things up. Calgary obviously wants a big bounce back from, from their um, disappointing loss against San Diego, Panther city looking to stay on track and wants to, potentially catch them for that second seed in the West. So I'm really excited for this one. I I think it's going to be a great coached game as well. Mm -hmm. And um, this one was close for me for, for game of the week as well. Uh, Vancouver and Colorado. These two teams uh, played a couple weeks ago with Vancouver winning 14 to 12 Uh, Colorado, obviously in a playoff hunt, Vancouver trying to play spoiler, uh, again, much like Georgia, Vancouver playing their best lacrosse of the year right now. And much of that has to do with the man between the pipes and Aaron Bolt. Man, what a story it's been for for Boldy. I was hoping they would be able to hold on to playoff contention for a little bit longer. But again, uh, unfortunately for them, that slow start has really pushed them back. But you you really wonder what, what could this season have been mm-hmm. if they got – solid goaltending from start maybe mitch jones is maybe maybe he's still on this roster and and maybe 
or maybe maybe not like maybe maybe you can't really look at that and and maybe this team doesn't play inspired as as they did before like there's just too many what what ifs yeah. But the what if is if Bold starts on this team from day one, like wh- what's the trajectory of this team? And you can't have those what ifs, but now you have to kind of look towards the future. This team has proven that they can compete. They've got solid goaltending and a veteran who clearly has has proven that he's got a lot of game left. Uh, I'm looking to see what they do next year for sure, especially with a couple uh, draft picks coming in the lineup, Owen Grant in the mix. Uh, mm. I think this is a team that you definitely can't take lightly, and I think they'll be pushing for a playoff spot next year. Yeah, I, I, I'm very interested to see what they do in the offseason. Does Troy come back? Do they find a new GM? What do they do at the draft? Um, can they bring Mitch Jones back? Like There are a lot of questions surrounding this team in what is maybe the most important offseason in franchise history. Speaking of uh, Colorado, they got San Diego, Calgary, San Diego, and Saskatchewan to end their season. One of the toughest final few weeks of anybody in the National Lacrosse League. So Colorado's got to start to play their best lacrosse. Final game of the weekend is another rendition of the Joe Seibel, Vegas and San Diego. Vegas trying to stay alive. San Diego trying to clinch home floor in the West. Uh, this is going to be another fun game to watch. It's it's a, another team battling for their playoff lives in, in Las Vegas. Um, you already read out the playoff clinching or eliminating scenario, so they're obviously in tough. But when you look at San Diego uh, coming off one of their most complete performances, they're going to want to come into Las Vegas and continue to be that well-oiled machine, continue to work on the things that have been working for them. So, um, but Las Vegas, man, they're a team that plays with a chip on their shoulder. They don't want their season or their playoff hopes to end. Um, I think this one could be a good one as well. Um, all right. So now we've given you this week's games. How will we try and win you some money at the same time with another edition of Box Bets? Time now for Box Bets, your source for all the lines, odds, and props from across the world of lacrosse. Brought to you by CoolBet.com. Stay cool, bet responsibly. <laughs> hey, we're having a good day, lads. And uh, we're still in the mix, baby. <laughs> All right, the uh, the golf fans in Texas almost had a winner last week. Uh, <laughs> we came close, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we're going to stick with a bit of a golf theme this week, Patty, in a Masters OTCB parlay. We certainly are. And this one, again, very creative by the voters. Um, because if you if you look at what the parlay is, so it is Dustin Johnson, co-owner of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, to finish in the top 20. And the Las Vegas Desert Dogs plus three and a half against San Diego. You're getting this. This is an unreal price. At plus 300 exclusively at coolbet.com. You won't get this anywhere else. Um, the price for just a parlay on its own, if you're to do it yourself, plus 160. Oh, hold on. Let me try this again. Let me punch this in again. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Let's try this one more time. All right. At 264. So we're getting at plus 300. You're not going to get that anywhere else. You're also probably not even going to be able to find a place where you can parlay these two picks together. But so you're getting at plus 300. Um, 
I love this bet. There was a couple other options that I maybe would have liked a little bit more. Yeah. Hey, we don't vote on it. It's fine. Oh. I like the theme. DJ owner, Vegas, Vegas desert, desert. Yeah, very creative. Very, very creative. creative. 20 bucks wins you a potential return of seven two eighty nine. Love it. Um, if you still want to put some future bets on NLL champions, the Seals are the favorites at plus 400, followed by the Rock at plus 575, the Bandits at 600, Calgary and Panther City at plus 750. The long shot right now, obviously the Desert Dogs at plus 50,000. But maybe you kind of like Philadelphia at plus 1,600. Or maybe Rochester still catches your fancy at plus 1,100. Or maybe the defending champs, Colorado, at plus 1,000, all of that can be found over at coolbet.com. Find uh, the features tab. You can click that OTCB parlay, play along, DJ and Vegas going for the double. And, of course, if you want to get in, use that promo code of OTCB. Who are you putting your money on in the Masters, Patty? Ooh, I know I, who you're putting money on. I have... I've got way too much out there. I've got way too much out there. The thing is, though, with the Masters and a lot of the the, the majors, like I bet, like I'll bet throughout the year because those ones are always open. Um, so, like I think in like January, maybe I put I put money down on. Um, I had some free bets locked up, and I I, I put some on uh, Tom Kim to yeah. win. I had a Will Zalatoris bet, which is not looking great, but uh, Max Home is one of my bets. Um, I've got Sung J M, and I I went chalky here. We talked about him with Challen Rogers, but he's just too damn good. Yeah, I went with the outright favorite, uh, Scotty Shuffler. I would love to bet on Rory, but every time I bet on Rory, he doesn't win. So I don't want to mush him. Plus, he when it comes to Augusta, I mean, he has had some. Obviously, he's that's what he's missing when it comes yeah. to his uh, career grand slam. He's got a lot of top 10 finishes. I think it's seven in his career. Um, you know, he, he came so close last year um, with that charge by it, but it's always, he's in the back door. He starts out slow. He's only twice in his career at Augusta on Thursday have, has shot above par. So my thinking is if he does have a bad round again on Thursday, I'm going to live bet him because you're going to get better odds yeah. because yeah. there's a good chance that if he's not playing well, either a Scotty or Rom or whoever it may be, um, is going to be the odds on favorite and you're going to get better numbers at Roy. Cause I do believe this is probably the best chance Rory's had at the masters in a long time, just with the way he's playing. Um, the fact that it might be rainy, Uh, We know how well he plays in in, in mucky, rainy, windy weather. Um, So that's going to be my play. Who do you got? Uh, I got Xander. Oh, okay. I I think I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on Corey as the the top Canadian right now. Oh, yes. Um, I've I've got Corey. I've got money on him too. (laughs) Yeah. I like like some of the prop bets that are out there. You know, you can get some cuts. You can get some head-to-heads. If there's going to be a hole-in-one or a playoff – I'm going to probably sprinkle a little no on the hole-in-ones because, you know, I like the the good money. Um, but I, I think it's just – it's probably one of the best weekends in golf is the Masters because oh, yeah. it's just so historic and prestigious and, and the sights and sounds maybe may not look as good because of the weather, um, but they've changed the course a bit. So I think that's going to benefit yeah. some of the more precise hitters because, you know, there's some holes that, that are going to play 
completely different um, than in years past. So I'm super excited for Sunday and firmly creating a dent on my coach. So again, if you want to get in on the NLL bets, the NHL bets, if you want to bet, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins to get his 100th point for the oil, uh, you can get in on that. Uh, all thanks to our friends over at Cool Bet Canada. Um, wait, 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 wait. How did we forget this, Teddy? I had it on my list. It's okay. Say it. We, we can't close this out because we, okay. we're still we're still uh, in box bets here. Yeah, let's do it. Have you seen some of the other odds, the futures, future bets that are available for NLL at CoolBet right now, besides just NLL Cup winner? Uh, no. Let me let you know about them. So okay. there is one. It's an exclusive right now. NLL Cup to be won by an American team. Minus 250. Ooh. American, sorry, Canadian team to win the NLL Cup. Plus 200. So... If you think about it, you're basically parlaying a Toronto Rock who are plus 575, Calgary Roughnecks who are plus 750, and Halifax at 12 to 1, and maybe even Saskatchewan at plus. Maybe Saskatchewan gets in there. 51. But you're so, yes, if you pick one of those teams and they win, that's great. If you're not too sure which one, Plus 200 is pretty good value for considering the Rock and the Roughnecks. Both are teams that I absolutely could see them making a run to the championship. Heck, maybe we see them in the finals and then you're you're free rolling. You're guaranteed a, a plus 200 winner. Yeah, and that was your uh, hot take a few weeks ago. Too. It was. It was my hot take, and I didn't even create this bet. I'm not even wow. – it was not me. The other one, no, we're not done. Odds to make the playoffs are up there as well. So right now I'll run through it real quickly. Panther city minus 2000 to miss 11 to one Rochester Nighthawks uh, minus 1250 plus 700 to miss Halifax Thunderbirds minus 222 and plus 180 to miss the playoffs. Colorado mammoth. Minus 217 to get in, plus 175 to miss. Philadelphia, now we're getting cross here, plus 100 to make the playoffs, minus 120 uh, to miss the postseason. Georgia Swarm, plus 350 to make the postseason. Saskatchewan Russ, plus 435 to make the playoffs. And the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, 25 to 1. Georgia Swarm, plus 350. That bet right there is staring me in the face. It certainly is. Um, Rush plus 435 to make it. They've got Georgia, Halifax, Colorado, and Vegas down the stretch. Not the worst. No, nope, uh, no. Nope. I, think, I think those two there, if you're thinking of some value, I think those are the plays to go with. Yeah, so Cool Bet Canada, find the lacrosse tab, uh, click that futures tab, and then over on specials, you get the, to make the playoffs. And then, of course, hit the all tab and then you can get that new cool bet exclusive of an American team winning or a Canadian team winning. So great job by our friends over at cool bet. Um, before we get out of here, Patty, uh, I heads update. When are you guys starting? Uh, we're still, you know, we're still doing our weekly runs right now. Um, we've got an exhibition game against the green gales, um, on the 22nd. And then the week later it's, it's full swing. We've yeah. got games, so we're, what, we're what excited. Game? 
Oh God, I should know this. I believe it is the. Let me pull this up here. Great podcasting. Yeah. Um, Didn't we say prepare I, your questions before the podcast? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I know. I believe it's the twenty fifth of April. So. Yeah, that's our first um, game too. Oh, there you go. Perfect. We've so got, uh, we've got the Timmerman at home on the twenty fifth. We just had our green white game last night. Uh, where we kind of do our tier one O versus our tier one D and our junior AO versus our junior AD kind of swap the teams. We had over 200 people in attendance last night. No way. That is an awesome. inter-squad scrimmage. That's amazing. That is unbelievable. Awesome like, to hear. like there were fans showing up even when we were doing warmups. Like it was, it was awesome. It was so good to see, um, you know, the scrimmage wasn't the greatest because we just got a mix mishmash of players and, and guys are, you know, trying to do a little too much. And and we're just, there's not a lot of, you know, um, set plays or any of that in place. Um, but what a what a awesome, awesome night it was last night just to, to be out there, see the guys battling and getting ready. And, yeah, you know, we're three weeks away from our first game of the season and uh, the run to meeting the eye heads and the founders, buddy. Yeah, and we we know where it is. We know our boy Tino Farah might be oh, calling it. So. Tino Santino on the call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hoping the I heads are there. Uh, we got a young team. Um, I don't want to say it's a rebuild because we still have a, a good chunk of guys that we had last yeah. year, but definitely lost a lot to graduation. Lost a few key guys to what the beaches, we? but. Uh, yeah. That's hey, that's a testament to the program. How do you bounce yep. back, right? When you Absolutely. when you feed up to the A club, you you gotta reload and restock. So that's what we're hoping to do. Uh, thanks to Challen Rogers for stopping by. Uh, he will be uh, on the couch watching the Masters with most of us as the Rock have the bye weekend. Um, thanks to you as always for listening. We appreciate you each and every week. Five games on the docket. They all on Saturday. Enjoy them. And if you go to a game, take a friend. If you take a friend, take two. Buy them a beer. Friends, the cross beer is the number one trifecta. Until we speak again, stay safe and be excellent to each other. I am an alcoholic.